The actual purpose of the ego is here to help protect us. It allows us to identify threats, our egos allow us to identify dangers, and it helps us to filter information in a cultural and social context. Welcome back, beautiful ones. I'm Shanique, the curator and host of the Alchemized Glory podcast, and you are now listening to episode 14. Thank you so much for tuning in whenever you are listening. I hope that this episode will truly resonate with you and that you will hear it just when you need to. So today we are discussing shadow work, and I believe that This is a beautiful segue into this topic based on last week's episode where we discussed healing, sustainability with Anna and Karen from The Heal Room. Why I thought that was in that discussion, we talked a lot about transmuting dark into light. We talked about overcoming hurdles in order to fully embody our true essence, our true being. And I realized that when I started on my spiritual journey or my journey of ascension, awakening, whatever term resonates for you and feels good for you, shadow work was something that was frequently talked about. But the kind of pitfall for me was I didn't really know where to start and how to really do the work. It sort of just evaded me for a while. And it was when I started reading spiritual texts, books, working with practitioners, and really going within that helped me to truly understand what shadow work is and how to truly embrace the shadow parts of my being. Um, I think sometimes for me, I didn't resonate with shadow work as it was or is popularly explained is because it kind of, it can sometimes be cast as a negative aspect of ourselves and I want us to approach this conversation with a sense of divine neutrality right we don't want to cast shame we don't want to um, judge ourselves we want to approach this work from a source of compassion from self-love all of those things so I wanted to preface this conversation with that and I also want to preface this conversation with if you are dealing with any type of mental health issue or any issue that requires a clinical psychologist or actual licensed medical practitioner, I highly encourage that you seek that help and this episode is not by any means a substitute for any medical advice So jumping right in, for those who are unfamiliar with the term, the shadow self as defined in Owning Your Shadow, Understanding the Dark Side of the Psyche, which is a book I can link in the show notes, is the part of ourselves that we fail to see or know, which makes sense, right? When just thinking about our shadow. And in that book, Owning Your Shadow, our shadow is described as the process of culturally sorting out characteristics that are acceptable to our society and we sort the parts of ourselves that are not quote-unquote socially or culturally accepted and have and we put those away we sort of repress them or we store them like think of it as you have different boxes in your 
in your soul makeup and things that are not socially acceptable you put it into those boxes and and that part of you is now repressed but it's always there so you always have that box but it's just not given light it's in your shadow to quote further the refused and unacceptable characteristics don't go away but they collect in our dark corners of our personality or in the shadow And why this can be detrimental to our evolution and healing is because those parts of us are just waiting to be integrated into our consciousness and shown light. And while I was thinking of this episode, I was kind of ruminating on it before actually sitting down to record. I just became hyper aware of different shadows. Like right now I'm talking and I see the shadow of my hand. I'm driving and I see the shadow of cars. I'm walking. I see myself as a shadow. Buildings. I just really, really became aware of shadows as a whole. And those shadows are also subject to light, but it's a different sort of light. It's like you, the body, are the 3D, and then the shadow is just, you know, it's a 4D dimension of you. Like, it's just it's just a reflection. It's reflecting back. And over time, what happens with our shadow is that we develop experiences. So in our lives, we notice threats or we notice what makes us feel safe. We learn how to regulate our nervous system or we don't learn how to regulate our nervous system and that can create more threats of safety. We have gifts. We're highly intuitive or highly sensitive and sometimes these gifts are not widely accepted or nurtured by our families so then those get repressed. So we do our shadow work so this allows us to move past what was quote socially acceptable and then step into the parts of ourselves that we get in touch with our shadow. Different examples of how our shadows are repressed. Like today I saw I was in a restaurant and there were small kids and they were kind of running around. So that's what kids do. But then you have your parents who are like, we're in a store, stop running. So you learn socially that in a specific setting you are not supposed to act a certain way but now that can sort of follow you into different phases of your life so maybe you grow up and you go to school and you don't act as colorfully or your personality is not as vivid because at an early age you were imprinted with you're supposed to act a certain way in certain settings so it's a very nuanced sort of topic other examples of repressing our nature our human nature in childhood might have shown up as not being encouraged to be vulnerable not being encouraged to show emotion whether it's happiness or sadness or insecurity uncertainty Um, you might have not learned selflessness it's not free-flowing reciprocity and we repress our intuitive guidance we repress our own knowing so a lot of this work is just getting back in touch with who we really are those shadow parts of ourselves bringing those up to the surface i know shadow work is really in western psychology is really pointed towards carl jung but i actually wanted to give examples of how historically 
this has been a phenomenon that has always existed in many ancient and spiritual texts. So past the framework of Western psychology that also has to do its own shadow work because the framework for Western psychology is often not inclusive of all beings. So in Christianity, Paul writes a letter to the church confessing, I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing that I hate. Another example is that the ancient Egyptians believed that the body, life force, the soul, and the shadow all work in harmony to create a practical human being. And when any of those are out of sorts, that's when the shadow can arise. That's when there's imbalance. That's when there's no longer harmony in our body temple or in our in our physical vessels, actually, and our spiritual bodies. So... The goal of shadow work is to assist us in the evolution and to ultimately heal the fragmented parts of our personalities. What does the work look like to retrieve these fragmented parts of ourselves? It's important to know and be aware of the role that our ego plays in the creation of a shadow. I know that the ego often gets a bad reputation and There are those that believe the ego is the enemy. I think there is even a book called The Ego is the Enemy that I've read. The actual purpose of the ego is here to help protect us. It allows us to identify threats. Our egos allow us to identify dangers and it helps us to filter information in a cultural and social context. So the ego can be our friend. I don't want to harp on the notion that the ego is the enemy But I caveat that to say the ego does have to be checked when it perpetuates different thoughts of doubt, worry, lack, limitation, I'm better than, I'm less than, other sort of low vibratory emotions. And I also caveat the term low vibratory feelings is that these are not necessarily bad. It's important to kind of get out of the good, bad and stay in the neutral So these are just lower vibratory feelings. They're not good. They're not bad. They're just lower vibratory. And what I've learned is that these feelings, whether it's doubt, worry, lack, limitation, not enoughness, unsure, unease, these feelings arise and are present because they want to be healed. They want to be integrated into our experiences as humans and when we integrate, when we embody these lessons, when we truly learn and get it into our DNA, this makes for a full, well-rounded soul. So how do you do shadow work? Um, That's a little bit of background and I hope that was helpful, but I want to discuss how to do shadow work and what does shadow work look like as a daily practice. And the first step that I believe is key to starting any shadow work is to accept that the shadow exists and to commit yourself to no longer repressing your feelings, your thoughts, or your emotions. And another crucial important part of healing the shadow, doing shadow work, is going to a fully integrative therapist skilled in the work of uncovering the shadow. 
And a talented therapist will not only uncover aspects, triggers, and patterns that feed our shadow, but will also provide us with different practices and support for healing and integrating the shadow self into your conscious mind. And this is how you'll start to show up consciously as your walking self. You won't be kind of asleep in your shadow anymore, being easily triggered or having unleveled emotional reactions. And I would even go a step further to say that in addition to talking with a therapist, it's also pretty important to have like a somatic element to it or a practitioner that can help you to move the repressed feelings that live in your body. There have been so many studies and books written that how trauma lives in our bodies or familiarity with threats live in our bodies and in our DNA. Um, In the book Becoming Supernatural by Joe Dispenza, he talks about how epigenetics suggests that we can actually signal our genes to rewrite our future. So if we can signal our genes to rewrite our future, so then the, the opposite also must be true, that we can signal our genes to relive the trauma of the past to relive those feelings of doubt when we're in a certain situation the shadow comes up again and we're right back into feeling doubt or worry or not enoughness so to move past the five percent of our waking conscious part of our brain we have to do the work in the 95 percent which is 95 percent of our thoughts, our actions actually live in the unconscious part of our brain. So we have to go back to the original roots of what those triggers are, back back to the starting point of the trauma, the starting point of the insecurity, doubt, fear, anxiety, worry, and reroute those signals from there and create new neural pathways. Uh, one of the really potent modalities and practices that I have found is nervous system entrainment therapy. There's a lot of different studies and work that people are doing on the vagus nerve system and the nervous system as a whole and how we can actually work to rewire our nervous system and the neural pathways that trigger us and understand that we don't have to keep reliving fight or flight responses that we can kind of move into safety and more regulated emotional techniques to dealing with stressors in our lives. Tapping EFT, which can help teach our bodies that we are safe and what we used to perceive as threats are actually no longer threats to us. And when we feel safe in our bodies, we are then centered and grounded and we can have compassion towards ourselves and others and be more self-aware more honest with our feelings, be able to communicate those, and be available to evolution and growth. Another powerful modality that I try to put everyone on that I talk to is, of course, meditation. And to me, meditation is one of the most powerful, powerful, potent, potent medicines that we have available to us to rewire our minds and um, subsequently our unconscious which, like I mentioned before, just feed off the shadow self. And meditation is so powerful because it truly allows us to quiet the mind and it also slows us down enough to become aware of our primary thoughts. 
when I talk about meditation with other people, the first thing I usually hear is, oh, I can't get my mind to be quiet. But I want to encourage people that have tried meditation and thought that it did not work for them, that that is not the point of meditation for your mind to completely shut off. Um, There are different techniques and tools that you can use in your meditations to help with slowing down the mind. But in shadow work, the point of meditation is to notice thought patterns because when you're doing this, you'll notice a pattern of five to 10 thoughts that are present no matter what. They're just kind of repeating and in different ways, Um, whether it's like some sort of uh, worry of something coming up or something that's on your mind or a perception of yourself or how you perceive your own shortcomings or just any negative thought pattern that just really keeps us from being our, 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 from truly being our authentic and fully embodied selves. So meditation, meditation, meditation. I, there's not a day that I do not meditate and it is for the very reason that it allows me to just slow down. I believe that it brings your heart into coherence and there's different um there's the heart math institute um which actually has coherence trackers that people work with that you can actually use during your meditation and your heart starts to be in a certain coherence and um that's the coherence of your true self of your authentic self so meditation i cannot stress that enough and another aspect of the traditional sitting eyes closed legs crossed meditation is actually walking meditations as well and again in becoming supernatural dr joe dispenza talks a lot about walking meditations it is like it sounds you're walking you're training yourself to stay in the feeling of meditating while moving in the world because think about it you sit for an hour hour and 15 minutes meditating but you spend the other eight to nine hours awake you spend the other eight to nine hours interacting with people being triggered being put into different situations and circumstances so this walking meditation allows you to see more clearly your emotional reactions and also your inner dialogue in different situations so for example if i have the thought of I can't get this done. It's out of my reach. It's out of my control. That's an inner conversation that I'm having and that's with my shadow self. And why am I questioning my abilities? What is the root cause of that? Um, So what you do in this situation is you literally question every single negative thought or low vibratory thought that comes up for you start asking why can't it be done what is getting in my way can the obstacles in my way be moved is there someone that can help me our shadows don't like asking for help can i talk to someone am i not communicating enough are there things that i'm prioritizing right now that can wait these are all aspects that will test our shadow right check our shadows as well So I ask these questions, I ask and ask and ask until I get to the root cause and find a way to make it work. Maybe I need to slow down. Maybe I'm taking on too much. Maybe I feel like I'm the only one that can 
get this certain thing done, which usually is not the case. It's pressure that I'm putting on myself. Maybe I need to communicate with my partner. Maybe I need help. Maybe I need to vent. Maybe I need to cry. Maybe I need to work out and sweat if I can't cry. And maybe I need to scream. Maybe I need to do some breath work. There are always solutions. And that is something that I would encourage you if you're listening to try like take one constant emotional trigger that you experience on a regular basis and do a similar exercise question it question it question it and I believe that you will experience some sort of relief from that shadow that is following you so I know I talked about quite a bit in this episode and my plan is to actually go into some of these topics more in depth in future episodes such as nervous system, walking meditations, meditations in general, and the emotional freedom tapping techniques. Um, But I will list some books and videos in the show notes that have been tremendous help to me in my work and I just want to encourage everyone that Although shadow work is truly freeing and liberating work, at the end of the day, it is work because we are rewiring how we operate in our individual lives. But the end goal is truly integrating ourselves. It allows us to be whole, healed beings. And it has to be confronted with love and compassion because these are all new templates and energies that are coming in to support us in our ascension. So I know that was a a brief overview and introduction, but I do hope that it was helpful in providing a framework or idea or introduction to what shadow work is and how it can truly benefit you. So I feel complete with this episode please reach out if you try any of the things that i've mentioned or find any of the resources down in the show notes to be helpful if you enjoyed this episode of the alchemized glory podcast and would like to support the show and the work that i'm doing here i'd be grateful if you left a review and rating an apple podcast Podchaser, or wherever you listen to podcasts Also subscribe in your podcast app to be notified of future episodes. And until next week, be well and take good care. Peace.